going on DGEM Nation Kenny Kim here bringing you another fantasy golf generative podcast this week for the players that's how you gotta say it right I mean it's all caps you got the players as usual I am here with my partner in crime Tyler Tambly Tyler how are you this week my friend I'm doing well Kenny that's a great intro I love that you brought the fire tonight and like you said it is all caps not enough people are yelling it they're just they're just typing it and putting it that way so I love that you brought it in before we get into the show and get into another Scotty Scheffler W, two in the last three, want to remind everybody very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by DraftKings. Have a really nice offer this week for you guys. Not that the others always weren't great offers, but this one is actually golf-related. So if you've been waiting to jump in, stick around for that later on. Also, our friends at FantasyNational.com, head on over to FantasyNational.com FGD. Get yourself 20% off whichever payment you want to sign up to first. We're using all those stats, of course, as we go throughout our show. And then lastly, just want to say, first off, thank you. Last week, we had a bunch of people do reviews for us over on Apple. We had a bunch of people hop onto the YouTube show, get us the view, the like, drop something in there. We're going to do it a little different this week. We're going to have anyone who hops over. So drop on over to the YouTube show. We're going to get you guys to put your favorite play over 10K on DraftKings. There's only five guys but you can put it in there. We're going to do something throughout the season for these comments. So throw that in there. Last week we did something where you just put whatever, but this week trying to get a few more in there. So head on over there. We're going to get to the tiers later on, but Kenny back to the API. Rory said the conditions were too tough. I was told on Thursday that Rory or Willie Z won the tournament. Neither of them even showed up near the top, but Scotty Scheffler did show up at the top second win in three events a seventh at the Genesis squeezed in between. And that Ted Scott on the bag is looking pretty, pretty good. So what are your thoughts on Scotty Scheffler and another W? Yeah, it was great for me personally, because I went ahead and I live added him on my Twitter feed. I I told everyone I added him at 50 to one on Friday. Uh, So that was always nice when he knows. So a couple of live bets uh, with bigger numbers in the last month with Luke List is 70 to one uh, and Scheffler 50 to one. So nice little, little run here going for me on the betting platform. I was really impressed by Scotty. Um, I mean, if you look at his, the way he, he was down nine strokes at TPC Scottsdale uh, going into the weekend, came back, won that one. He was down eight strokes at API going into Friday, uh, going into Saturday and Sunday, really big time, weekend player here recently i know he had struggled a little bit earlier in his career especially on sundays uh and that seems to have gone by the wayside uh it's funny now because you look at these golfers especially these young guys out here the amount of talent that we have under 20 under 30 years old now is insane first time this week the world golf rankings have been around since 86 first time ever in its history the, the, the top five all under 30 years old um, and, and the amount of talent that there is in golf right now is insane. You look at it the last few years, you thought DJ was the best player in the world. You thought Rom was the best player in the world. You thought Decky was the best player in the world. You thought Hovland was the best player in the world. You thought Morikawa was the best player in the world. Now it's Scheffler, two of the two wins on two of them. I'd say the, 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 the Scottsdale was a, a, a more, more, um, strong feel but this one was strong too and a harder track pretty impressive stuff uh going that way and, and the thing is all those golfers i listed except for dj and now decky but when we thought he was uh you know one of the best or he still is one of the best when we thought he was the best player in the world at the time 
He was in his 20s too. All these guys <laughs> in their 20s. Pretty amazing stuff. Um, you know, Harvard couldn't get it done, couldn't get it out of the bunker. Um, you know, he, on, on, the, on the back nine on Sunday, every time he hit to the bunker, you're like, well, automatic bogey. The guy really, really struggled there. Uh, you know, short game's always been an issue. I'm sure he'll work on that. I'm sure as time goes by, he'll get better. But it really hurt him, uh, you know, during this event. You had Horschel up there. Hatton coming back after shooting with 78 on, on Saturday. Uh, never surrender. Uh, never give up. Never surrender. Uh, one of my favorite movies. Uh, I can't even remember. Galaxy Quest. It was, he was like, he was like uh, the dude from Galaxy Quest. He just came back, did his thing. Pretty impressive by him. Chris Kirk couldn't make a putt inside 10 feet or he would have won. Woodland, looking like the Woodland of old. Um, I actually bet him live, too, because I've been talking him up all year. And if I didn't have anything on him and he won, I'd been real pissed. He probably should have won as he was in the lead going into 17, finishing double. And, and, and the bogey, I mean, the, the most impressive things I saw on that back nine was that uh, the approach on 16 by Woodland from I don't even know where he was uh, on that and getting it and making the eagle putt. Um, and then the two parses by Scheffler, which were all-world parses. Parses you need to win tournaments like this is basically what it came down to on 16 and 17, I think. Really, really impressive stuff. Really fun tournament to watch. What do you think of the event? Yeah, I love the tournament. Let's save the uh, the Rory conversation for one second because I do want to talk about that for a minute. I know you you like these diabolical courses. I do too. I just want to get a few thoughts out. But just everything you just said there, a couple things. First off, the funny part is we just talked about Decky turning 30. And I know Rory and DJ are still up there, but it was like, Decky, you're 30. Get out of the top 10. You're 11th now. He moves down the board. Can't be in the top 10 on the OWGR rankings now. He's too old. Right. All these guys, like you mentioned, 25 and under as far as the leaderboard, like down the stretch, what I loved was how incredible the finish was. I thought at first it was like, OK, Lucas Herbert, he's going to go in and close the door, post a number and it might hold up with how bad this thing looks. Then you're like, oh, here comes Hatton. Here comes Gary Woodland with an eagle. Look at Kirk's all around game. Oh, don't forget Hovland. And then Billy Horschel, who was there to start the day. He's even still in the mix coming down the stretch like. No clue who's going to win it. And then lastly, the thing about Scotty, because I gave him, you know, this is where people get it confused when I make fun of guys like Scotty and Willie Z. These are top players in the world. The Willie Z thing's a totally different joke that we beat to death now about the number, 30 to 1. The guy isn't just a bad putter. He has the yips inside five feet. He proved it again all weekend long after you told me he won on Thursday. But I digress. The thing about Scotty is it's so funny. He's like a... A, a private jet or something, Kenny. He's a perfect plane. You want to be there. You love the guy. Everything's all set. It's a great trip. But man, it's some rocky down the stretch. His Sundays have got better, though, like you said. But even if Phoenix missed the short putt, had to go to the playoff, Cantley made some mistakes in that playoff that allowed him to then go and win. It's not taking away from him. Just trying to, like, say he's slowly baby steps getting there and they're resulting in W's. But even the last three holes of this tournament, there was like, two or three of those drives. And I was like, oh, come on, Scotty, don't mess this up. You got it right here now. You're going to go close the door. And he still had, to, he, like you said, those all-world par saves. That's really what did it. So in the end, impressive event, as always, as one would expect. Uh, I mentioned it today because Wiley posted a tweet. I think everybody else was complaining that when Rory got done and got interviewed, he had said something about the course setup, basically, right? He said, you know, he doesn't know what it's going to look like. If they want it, they have to change it, blah, blah, blah. And everyone took it as he was a poor sport because – he was first round leader and then sucked. But what Wiley posted, what I personally agreed with fully was that the question was posed, 
this is the week before the biggest person golf now. Do you really think people are going to show up for this if it stays like this? And now some other points are made. Dan Bach came in and said, well, the weather, look at the scoring all the other years. You can't control the weather, but they could have cut the rough down some, watered the greens. I don't know what the right thing to do is. And I'm okay with these types of events year round. I just was saying from the perspective of the question, should do you think people will start to leave this event off if they've got to wait for the players and just skip this one? What do you think of that? And then go ahead on your other thoughts with it as well. Well, we've seen at the Byron Nelson. Uh, once Byron died, people stopped going to that event as much. Once, I think the same is going to happen with this tournament as well, just because it is the week before the players, and Rory's 100% correct. Um, now, you know, the issue, of course, is, I mean, could they have made it a little bit easier? I'm sure they could have. But the thing is, the whole thing about Arnold's course, why he built Bay Hill the way he built Bay Hill, was to get a U.S. Open. Um, and to keep that course in line with Arnie's views, um, I, you know, which I think that, the, that, uh, you know, Bay Hill and everyone who makes that course uh, for this event, they want to keep it in line with what Arnie's wanted. Uh, and, and I think there's no problem with that to keep his legacy. This is what Arnie Arnold Palmer wanted for the course. He wanted a U.S. Open type setup. He never got it. So he's going to, you know, and so, you know, I don't know if he's bitter about that or anything, but, you know, he's, they're keeping in line with what he wanted. And I respect that. Yeah. Uh, I think the golfers should respect that as well. Uh, you know, I mean, he, what he did for the game and how important he was for the game of golf, you should do everything you can to keep his legacy and keep what his wants and what he wanted for the course, keep it alive even after his death. Now I do think. Rory is 100% right. Um, I don't know if people are going to be here. You, I, I doubt Rory will be here next year. We'll see, uh, you know, uh, especially with this coming up week, uh, you know, and then the grueling match play and then the Masters. I mean, this, this four-week stretch is brutal, uh, you know, and you take a lot out of you mentally before you reach Augusta. Um, so I can see a lot of people doing that. And if that happens, we'll see if they change the course setup then to try and get more people in. But you know, whatever. You only get a few of these holes courses a year. Yeah. Uh, I have no problem with it. I, you know, I'm not the guy who thinks that every course should be played like this. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I like seeing it every once in a while, but I mean, if, if every course is like this every week, first off, there'd be more injuries. Secondly, there would be, um, you know, you, it would be a lot tougher on the golfers mentally and physically, basically is what I'm saying. If it was like this every week and, you know, you got to keep in mind that these guys are athletes. They, they, we need them to be healthy. We need them to be mentally focused, mentally charged to be at their best uh, week in and week out. And that's what we want to see. We want to see these golfers at their best. Yeah, and they uh, all play the same out. course. That's why yep. I always struggle with the two like that. You, I think it was the 2018 U.S. Open. We're like, whoa, they should have watered the greens on Saturday morning. It's like, well, then those guys get the easy task, find themselves into Sunday, and the other guys get through. You're always going to have this. And at the end of the day, they all have to play the same course. The conditions can be tough, and it sucks for some guys out there. But at the same time, it's like you said, it's what it was meant to be. And the fun part about this course is some years we will get this five under winner. Other years we'll get 12 under or 15 under or whatever it's meant to be. And that's like you said, Arnie's legacy. And I think it's still going to be enough guys show up. It's a huge sponsor with MasterCard. It's one of the biggest names in golf all time, Arnold Palmer. There's going to be guys that are going to come out and show out no matter what. And then also too, don't forget some guys like a good tune up before the event and going to a birdie fest somewhere else doesn't always make it easy to then go into the players at TPC Sawgrass, which we'll get to here in a minute. And we'll see what happens this year. I'm, I'm very interested actually to see what happens this year after playing Honda 
and this event, like what does Chris Kirk end up doing or Keith Mitchell or some of these guys that are down the board on the bra- on the DraftKings pricing and, and up the board on the betting board, what do they come out and do at this tournament after getting two nice little warmups for a very tough track that we're about to play this week again? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's not like all the golfers struggle on the weekend. I mean, Sheffield gained 10 strokes total on the field uh, on the weekend to get his win. Uh, and that's impressive stuff. And seeing something like that is, is great. It's also great for betting. You know, I mean, these, these difficult courses, uh, I think, are uh, better to live bet on because you have these opportunities where uh, the weather can flip the leaderboard on the weekends. And that makes live betting uh, on more value picks, 50 to, 50 to one sure. or above, uh, a lot easier to, to navigate and focus on and pick the right ones uh, personally. So from a gambling perspective, um, I, I do like the hard courses and I do like uh, weather being an issue, which, you know, it was definitely brisk. Uh, yeah, we'll have Saturday to see for this Sunday. weekend, but I wish we knew like a five underscore going in. Maybe next time build some lineups for this. If we're making our little notes in our notebook, because you think about the board, like Hovland, Hatton, Woodland, even Lucas Herbert, you got him up there. Fitzpatrick, uh, Keegan Bradley, Graham McDowell. That's the type of guys that you think in a grinded out type of event. And even Rory and Rom up there where they didn't come through T13 and T17, but you would expect to see them in this sort of grinded out type of event versus a 20 under the board changes completely. So, you know, like Bryson the year before, whatever it was. So got to keep that in mind for next year. And this week, I think weather will be a big factor as well. I mean, the fifth thing was crazy. Dead fucking last in birdies finished inside the top 10. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, and I think it's normally that it wouldn't be great, but the finish position was so good. And other place people had so many bogeys that like, I think he was still pretty high up in the scoring, maybe not as high as inside the top 10, but he wasn't like the worst scorer out there when it comes to draft Kings. Uh, so yeah, uh, that was crazy. I, I think he had seven birdies total. And it was uh, close to getting a one. We normally don't get this. I don't think it got there. I checked it late Saturday or um, late Sunday, but uh, Lahiri and Reevy, who finished like DFL, right? With, with Glover there, Luke list, like, I think he had three points less than them, but down at the bottom. So which, which he missed the cut and shot plus five to miss the cut, but he had some scoring in there. So it was close that uh, Luke list five out of sixes could have beat some of those, but not enough other guys dropped to the bottom of the, I'm pretty sure Paul Casey lost points on the weekend. I I don't have the numbers, but it had to have been close. Uh, Some guys were really bad, like the last day alone and everything. So yeah, it was, it was a rough weekend for them, but Luke list, had 30 DraftKings points, I believe. So he was the closest to beating a, a six to six guy. All right. All right. So before we get into this week, I got a little mini story time with Kenny uh, here. Um, now, first off, let me preface this by saying this is not one of my stories. Uh, this I was not there, uh, so I can't guarantee the 100% validity of this. But I did have two separate people tell me this story in two different occasions. So like the investigative journalist that I am, I have the multiple sources down. So I feel comfortable telling this story. Okay, so my buddies, uh, they used to work in a furniture uh, install company where they travel the country uh, and install furniture for new offices and stuff like that. And so they were in Atlantic City. Uh, or they were in somewhere in Jersey and they went to uh, installing what they needed to do. Uh, and they would go to Atlantic City at night and have a good time. So uh, I was my, two of my buddies and this guy that I don't know. And that's who the story is about. His name is the albino wino. I guess he was a very, very white dude who liked to drink wine. Supposedly he enjoyed meth. 
as well. He was a meth head. Uh, but, you know, I, so, so we'll see uh, how this story goes. Um, and so, so they were in Atlantic City. They were in a bar in AC. Uh, and the albino wino, you know, meth head, not very good looking guy. You know, like, you know, the whole meth thing, the teeth all fucked up, like a true, true meth head. Um, now, a functional meth head, because, you know, they, they told me that, you know, he'd make it to work, you know, do all his work. He just spent all his money on drugs. And so uh, they were in Atlantic City uh, at a bar. Uh, I guess the albino wino was drinking wine. That would be my guess. I don't know. I wasn't there. Um, and so he's uh, he's there. They're with the two buddies. And this gorgeous woman comes, uh, you know, uh, and they see him. And, and the albino wino makes the eye contact with this woman. Obviously a hooker. Obviously, obviously a prostitute. Uh, so she comes to the table, starts talking to the albino wino. Uh, and my boys are like, okay, I mean, like, th- this isn't going to happen. I mean, look at him. He's a fucking meth head. But anyways, they go upstairs to the room, okay? And they're gone for a, a decent amount of time. Uh, and so the Obama one comes back down, smile on his fucked up teeth face, you know? And, and, and they ask him, like, so, I mean, what happened? He was like, oh, we were just up there. We had a good time. He was like, and this guy never has any money. And, he, my, you know, my boys know he never has any money. Uh, and this looked like, you know, a pretty good looking hooker. Uh, and so, you know, they're like, what happened? He's like, well, you know, I went up there, uh, you know, I finally found out that she was, you know, she wanted money. Uh, and they're like, well, I mean, why were you up there so long? You don't have money. Uh, so it was, well, what happened? Uh, and he was like, I, you know, uh, I told her I didn't have money. All I had was 20 bucks. Right. And, 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 and then hooker was like, well, I mean, it's, you know, what am I going to do with that? And, and so the albino wino was like, well, what can I get for 20 bucks? And the hooker, again, I was not here. This is just hearsay, but the hooker said armpit. Armpit. So my guess is he raw dogged her armpit, which is the <laughs> wildest thing that I've ever heard. Now, I, I, I would hope. I don't even know if you have to wear a condom for that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, maybe you don't. But but the worry I would have about raw dogging an armpit would be what if she didn't shave that day? Man. What if she what if it was like prickly down there? That was sort of burn a little bit, right? The guy said he had a great time. He said he lubed it up, banged it in the armpit, paid her 20 bucks, and came back downstairs. Good for him. Good for the albino wino. Uh, so little mini story time with Kenny. Uh, I figured I had to bring one out for the players championship uh, since we have one. And a lot of my stories I've already told. Uh, I don't have any, any new ones. So this one is sort of a mini, mini story time with Kenny. Don't know the validity. Well, but I don't think it. you'll ever be doing that either. Yourself, no, I would so. no hell no 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 I will pay the thousand dollars to you know find, find to the extra it, money to, yeah to put it in the right spot you know what I'm saying the armpit no that's not gonna be me but yeah you know to each his own to each hey his sometimes own. you only got 20 bucks Kenny that's all you got um, um, also if you guys notice I am talking a little bit funny today I um have this horrible toothache uh and so you know I, I've been trying to stay away from like you know painkillers and stuff like that so I was thinking about eating some edibles. Of course, you know, marijuana is legal uh, in Virginia now. And so I was thinking about eating edibles, but I, the last, okay, I will let you, I'll be honest with you guys. I have been stoned one time recording this pod. It was during the Tony Finau McDonald's challenge. Okay. If I thought 
you know, as as like you know, it would be like taking like um, um, performance enhancing drug before because I figured you know I eat enough of these edibles and I'll crush this challenge. If you remember, I failed miserably. I wasn't even close to it. But the issue was after that, like I was so high during. The, if you go back to the YouTube show for the Tony Finau McDonald's challenge, and you will see me be like every word that I tried to produce. I was struggling. So I decided not to go ahead and do that today. So I might be talking funny uh, because my tooth really hurts really bad. All right. So let's get on with uh, this coming up week, the listener league. I am not ready because I was talking about the albino wino. When I first heard that story, I literally lost it for like, I, I, I mean, I just lost it for a long time. Maybe I didn't say it as there had to be something better he could get is my only thinking, but it is 20 bucks. So yeah, 20 bucks. I mean, I, I don't know how high class of a hooker this was. I mean, she was like a, you know, a bar walker. So maybe not the best. You're not going to pay like, you know, call her and be like, let me get it for a G like a normal you know, escort or something you get. Uh, I, at least that's what I've heard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, make make uh, sure you, you give the yeah, disclaimer. Yeah, 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 but yeah. while I mean, you're bringing that up, though, let, let me let the people know right quick because we do have an enhanced. Speaking of enhancements and everything, there we got an enhanced Lister League this week. A oh. little bit better than your armpit hooker, but we got a thousand person league that you can get into versus our normal 750. It keeps the balance structure. It went from 500 to a thousand up top. Pays a little less, around 17, percent but it's the reduced rake, guaranteed to run no matter what. But Last week, we filled so quickly that they were gracious enough to give us this one. I'm told we can definitely get it up to 1250 for the major, for the Masters, sorry, and then the other majors, potentially 1500 or more. So hopefully, we fill this one quickly. When I hopped on here, I think we were 40 or 45% filled. So uh, I think we put the link in the YouTube channel so you guys can check it out there. If not, head on over to my Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. It gets posted there. And the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Twitter will retweet it and have it up there as well. So Get in the league for this week. It's a great league. And there's, you know, three entry max, five bucks per entry. A lot of money to be won there. And we've got this week's winner, Kenny. Who do we got? Shigaboo. Uh, looks like he has uh, some trees and a coastline. It could be a golf course uh, as his uh, avatar. The name sounds really familiar. Uh, I'm not sure if he's won before, but it's possible. Uh, he had Scotty Scheffler, who, once again, we were big on. I was big on last week, personally. Uh, he was 14% on, of course, he won 106.5 points. Billy Horschel, uh, who, again, we were both on last week, uh, 9% owned, 96.5 points in second place. Russell Henley, uh, 5% owned, finished in 13th. Chris Kirk, uh, I know you were high on him last week, 18% owned, 84 points. Cameron Young, who's just been playing very, very good golf, 25% owned, finished in 13th. And TPCKH Lee. Um, he finished in 42nd place, 61 points. What's you in the lineup? Yeah, I love it. The one you brought up, the Billy Horschel one was just so crucial. Talked last week a bunch about it. You and I talked about it, talked about it on the Mayo show as well. Just looking at his price, every you just knew what was going to happen. Everyone was playing Willie Z and Fitzpatrick. They had to drop down from there. If they were playing a guy at the top, there was just no way to get to Billy Horschel. And so he ended up being a great play at 8,900. So I really like the roster construction here more than anything else. Like if you look at what he did and I talk about this all the time, but just simple, right? Pick a guy up top. We like last week, I think it was um, Rom Scheffler and uh, Rory were sort of the three that we were picking between. There was Hovland up there and other guys, but just in general. So went with Scheffler who was less talked about than Rory and Rom skipped the nine K range. You just get off this conversation of, do I play Willie Z? Do I play Fitz? Do I play both? 
figure it out. Fitz ended up actually doing well. Willie Z was good till he wasn't. It's just, if you skip the range, yes, you could miss out, but you also could set yourself up in a different range. And that's what he did here. So Horschel, Henley, a couple 8K guys, that made perfect sense, both at that lower ownership because the 9K got so much love. And then you get three 7K guys and you can play Kirk and Young as chalk because you have KH Lee at nothing and you've skipped the 6K, the 9K and the 11K spots up top. So really like this lineup and we'll see Shigabu in the three man this week. And uh, Lister, you know, the Lister won last week, Kenny. Chef Burns got the W. Shout out. I think it might be the first one to win this year. I think first uh, to win all season. Yep. 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 So, so shout out to Chef Burns for taking us down. It was a weird week for me. My cash hit corner stones definitely went four for four once again uh, this week. But and my cash lineup went six for six and I didn't cash. So that yeah. shows you how it went. And, you know, in these events where there's possibilities of large scores. Uh, that can definitely happen. It's a rarity. It'll probably be the only time this happens this year. Uh, but yeah, that did not feel good. DFS wise was not great for me, uh, except for the showdown. I had a pretty good lineup on the last day, like a top 30 and a $5 uh, <laughs> single entry. And then I had, you know, but the, the, the week saved me with uh, Scotty. Definitely. Uh, Scotty gets you. Live bet, and a live bet. So it was actually a winning yeah. week overall. So that's nice. But let's get to this week. Any week, let's, the uh, the 606 is that high is going to be a bad week for me. Yeah. Like it was 40% going in. I just say it because we did do, and I'm just going to bring this up now in case those that don't know, we had great turnout last week, but definitely got to tout it out is the Mayo Media Network where you guys are watching now. We are doing Thursday and Friday night showdown shows live after the event and getting ready and going into it. Last week was just, that's what I thought was going to save me, Kenny. Once the percenters that high, I got 17th in the main showdown on Friday. I got fifth in the main showdown on Saturday, one birdie putt away. From 50k, needed Keegan or Koprak oh. to come through. Did not happen. And then on Sunday, I did not get the seat. I posted on. You said fucking useful for uh-huh. Scheffler winning. I said fucking useless because I ended up getting second in a fantasy golf world championship spot. But we will bounce back during football. I had five second places in King of the Beach and ended up picking up then three seats and coming in second. So I'm going to stick with that story as we move on but yeah let's let's talk about this week we have a good uh, one ahead here for sure i know you're talking about before we get in, i know you're talking about mayo media network you might be seeing me more on the mayo media network we'll see uh, i have not uh it's not anything official but a little teaser we'll see if it works out uh and everything goes to plan but let's get to this week uh top golfers in the world ton of feature the players championship uh this week you know the, the one thing about this course that you've noticed throughout the years is there's really no type of golfer that dominates this type of course. You've had like, you know, Tim Clark, KJ Choi, Stephen Ames, Fred Funk, you know, win this event in the last 15 years. Paul Goyle's two top threes here. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then of course you have the Rory's, you have the uh, uh, JT's of last year. Anybody can win this event. That's why this event's fun to watch. Difficult for DFS. We've also seen carnage here a lot. Uh, I think remember, I don't know, it was like four or five years ago where like half the top 40 players in the world missed the cut uh, at this event. So you, you'll see craziness like that sometimes. Um, the tournament, you know, moved from May to March a couple of years ago, made some differences. Uh, the biggest probably the greens, the rough and the wind change. Greens overseeded with Powell and Bent this time of year. Could lead to them being a little bit more receptive. Uh, could lead to better scoring conditions. And, we, and we've seen that the last three years. And then, uh, you know, you also got uh, the wind changing from the from now going north to northeast. Makes 17 and 18 really, really hard. Uh, and then you also have, uh, you know, I mean, 
Tiger said, you know, he hit six iron in the 17 before early spring conditions. And that's, you know, 130 yards. So, so you can definitely, the wind, def, the wind change is definitely a big deal. Uh, the weather, of course, uh, looks rough as I write this. Uh, you know, thunderstorms in the forecast first three days, cold conditions on the weekend, wind on the weekend. We could see some carnage once again. Uh, Sawgrass, Pete Dye design, par 72, uh, around 7,200 yards, four par threes, four par fives. Uh, three of the par fives reachable by all. Uh, the par five ninth, you got to have a little bit of length uh, to make that. Uh, you know, more changes that happened four years ago. The bunkers have been redone. Another water hazard added. Uh, 12th hole uh, added a new tee box uh, to make it a drivable par four. Most importantly, the green complexes, uh, they were all changed to from mini Verde Bermuda to Tiff Eagle Bermuda. Uh, and, you know, with, with all that happening, it's possible that the greens will be more receptive, just like I said earlier. Um, and then we'll see if that happens. The thing is, they do have a really good sub-air system. So, really, they are in full control of this event. Um, give me one second real quick. Oh, this weather change here is killing me in Virginia. So, we've gone from 30 degrees to 80 degrees to snow on Wednesday. So that's how we're doing it. It's killing my sinuses right now. But anyways, so, uh, you know, so you're going to see the sub-air system here is really, really good. Uh, about underneath the fairways, underneath the greens. Uh, now, if it's a deluge of rain, it's really not going to matter too much because if it's, you know, if it keeps coming down, it's just going to keep getting wet. But the people, the, the superintendents at this course really have a lot of power in how this course is going to play uh, every single year now uh, because of where it, where it is in the schedule and because of that uh, sub-air system. So we'll have to watch as the week goes on to see how everything really is playing out. My guess would be that the conditions will be soft, more receptive, uh, and if the wind isn't as windy as is expected, maybe we see good scores, but the weekend looks really cold too, which is going to add a little bit more distance. This could be the year where we see higher scores uh, for the first time since the, the change of the course four years ago. Uh, off the tee golfers will face narrow tree line fairways, bunkers and water in play on almost all the shots off the tee. Lots of water on this course, 24 acres of water uh, on this course. Like most Pete Dye designs, Many different types of dog legs on many holes. This leads to a lot of less than driver uh, on many of the holes played. Uh, now, last week, it used to be like I talked about last week, and Alhana, you know, was a less, used to be a less than driver course, uh, but we've seen a lot more driver played. You see Rory hitting 78 drivers uh, a day uh, at Honda. That's not something we're going to see here uh, more than likely just because of the dog legs and because of the wind. Um, so I think there's going to be a good amount of less than driver play. Uh, fairways. Lots of mounds and undulation can be very firm if the course is dry. Uh, missing it in a rough on the right side can make, you know, tough approach conditions because they have those stadium mounds. Like Pete Dye likes those stadium mounds. So golfers, so fans can stand on top of the mounds, have a really good view uh, of watching the golfers. But if they hit it onto those mounds, uh, the problem is a lot of the water, um, you know, on this course around the greens is on the left side. You know, so when you're, you're you know, when you're a righty hitting that, it causes the draw uh, type of, of of golf of ball flight, which could lead you know, to danger there. So you're going to see a lot of people overcompensating, hitting it right. A lot, you're going to see a lot of bunker play. Sorry, Hovland, uh, just like last week as well. Uh, now, uh, to go on, uh, approach shots, golf with the small greens, bunkers around most greens, and once again, a lot of water around the greens. The green themselves are multi-tiered, undulated, and tricky, which is a very typical Pete Dye design. Uh, since 1992, there have been more three putts 
at this course than any other course on tour. Um, now, the course uses Tiff Eagle Bermuda, uh, overseeded on the greens. They're going to be fast. At stick meter rating around 12.5, they're not going to be fast as last week. So it's going to be good for Rory uh, because he was blowing every putt by and three-putting everything. Uh, now, the outcome of the tournament is going to come down to the final three-hole stretch. Uh, it's nerve-wracking, but it can play be played under par. It's not like the most difficult three-hole stretch there is. It's just during the conditions, uh, you know, if you're in in contention, you know, mentally, it's going to be a lot tougher. You have 16, um, which is going to be a reachable par five, a lot of trouble around the green. You've seen eagles. You've seen triples here uh, coming down the stretch. Then they move to the 17th green, iconic 17th green. It's actually one of the six easiest holes on the course. But with the win and then, you know, coming down the line, trying to win, I don't know, what, what's the winner get, like $3 million or some crazy amount? Yeah, uh, 3.6, I think. Yeah, it's crazy uh, this year. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of pressure on that 17th hole. And finally, the golfers play the 18th, which is, you know, a visual and physical test. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's hard, long, par four. Uh, since 2003, the, the, the 18th hole has played about 2,000 strokes over par. Uh, so the tournament's going to be one or lost. Uh, coming down on Sunday on those last three holes. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers this week? Yeah, I pulled out my notebook for this year, Kenny, and I put it uh, – last year I added this one, and it's at the top in bold with stars around it, and it says fade all the chalk. This is a, a course where it just gets blown up completely, and I will not stick by that hard and fast. We'll see what ends up happening as the week goes on. But, you know, uh, you, look, ownership's been getting spaced out and spread out even more so than ever in PGA DFS. I expect no different when you come to a tournament – like this, where the, the strongest field in golf, the pricing is right for the most case. We have some oddballs that we'll talk about later that are, you're like, how is this guy this price, you know, or, or the opposite, like, can't believe they made this guy this price. But for the stats and all the other stuff, I'm treating it the same as always, Kenny, just like a major long-term over everything else, not just your flavor of the week, guys, all around game, tee to green, scrambling around the green, just everything that goes with that. And it's pretty cut and dry, but at the same time, like I said, it will matter with ownership this week because there's always carnage, no matter what the year is like. And then if you add weather, add other factors, it's just really hard to say this guy's better than this guy by whatever, when it's a 10 or 15%, you know, number difference in ownership. So I'll keep that in mind as you go throughout the week. Yeah. I mean, you're going to see, uh, you know, the, how a strong iron game is definitely going to help uh, this week without a doubt, you know, proximity from 125 to 150, 150 to 175. Three-point avoidance uh, also will be something to, to look at this week. Um, before we get into the tiers, Tambo, why don't you go over uh, pay some bills for us? Yeah, before we get into the tiers, just want to remind everyone, like I said, we've got a very special offer from DraftKings this week. It pertains totally to golf. It's probably the easiest one you'll ever have. So check out our offer here from DraftKings. The players have made their way to the Sunshine State for the Players' Championship, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting operator of the PGA Tour, has a gimme for new customers. Place any golf bet of at least $5 and get $100 in free bets no matter what. You can bet a golfer to win, you can bet single-round matchups, and so much more. As long as you throw down $5, you'll get $100 in free bets. Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the PGA Tour action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Golf Contests. Draft your lineup of six golfers and compete for over $10 million in prizes this week for the Players' Championship. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code FGD, place a golf bet of at least $5, and get $100 in free bets no matter the outcome. That's promo code FGD at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official 
betting operator of the PGA Tour. 21 plus, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so let's get to these tiers for this week. In the 10K range, we got Victor Hovland all the way up to John Rom. What are we doing this week, especially with Rom? We play Rom. Is he back? Is he, do we, is he not <laughs> using him? Is he going to be single? Is he, oh, what's Rom going to happen this week? Tambo, tell me. That's the craziest part about this top range and why we want to get you guys to head into the YouTube channel, drop your, your guy up here, because the thing is, they're all going to eventually get some sort of ownership. I'm not going to try and pick who's what this week, but what I will say is this. The funniest part is Rom is the world number one. The issues are clear as day, all with the putter and the around the green game. It's all short game. His ball striking has still been on point. He's very unlikely to miss another 10-inch putt. And by the way, before he got to that short miss in the 10-inch putt, he burned another edge on a long putt that most wouldn't make. So he has been right there. It's just funny to me, Kenny, like this whole top range. Rom just needs to find a putter. Rory has to have a putter or he never wins. If he doesn't find a putter, he doesn't win tournaments, but this is a tournament he has great history and is a, a recent champ. JT is the same thing. But JT and Morikawa, it was just a couple months ago, we were saying the same thing about JT. He sucks. He can't find a putter. He's got the ball striking. But if with Morikawa every week, we say the same thing. We'll play him because if he finds a putter, he wins this thing by five. Probably true. And then Hovland, his around the green game sucks. So really the story of the top, five top guys, it's the same for all of them. So I'm going to side still to go to Rom with the guy that I, you know, just have faith in long-term have faith in even in this where we're at. And even if it's still 18 or 20% or whatever he ends up being, that's okay. I just think he's as good. His ball striking is still on point and he is the type of guy that can just take over a strong field tournament. So Rom, Morikawa, I love, uh, I was kind of happy Rory and Hovland were up there last week. I'm really happy the way Hovland shook out. Cause those are the guys I had the least interest in. And then lastly, for me, the third guy, Kenny is Justin Thomas. There was a, I believe a Justin Ray stat posted out there today, talking around how the former winner doesn't even come top 10. Like again, the sample size is like the last 10 years. So I love it. I still play into uh, it. And the show sample it size, sample size is actually the last 16 years. I think the last time it happened was 2006. Okay. You're, you're the same um, guy that will play a guy at 20% or at 15%, but not when he's 20. It's like a difference of six years. I don't care. My point is it's Justin Thomas and it's definitely possible to be done. Some of those winners in that range, might I remind you, are guys like Martin Keimer and Ricky Fowler, guys who don't even get to be in the tournament. Like Ricky Fowler's not even in the tournament. And when you win this, you get five years locked down and he ain't here. So that's just to give you an example of why some of those guys might not be in the top 10 the following year. It is tough to play at. I Like JT's my third guy, like Rom and Morikawa above him as of right now. But, but that's the three that I'm on. I don't foresee ever getting to Rory or Hovland here personally. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like, you know, Tim Clark, KJ Choi. I mean, there's a lot of been a lot of weird winners like that. So personally, I'm not falling for that narrative either because I have Justin Thomas as my first cash game cornerstone uh, for the week. The yeah, price there you just, go. Sneaky yeah. move there. Yeah, yeah. Sneaky the, the, move, the, yeah. The, the, price, the price is just too good, 10-4. Uh, you could start your lineup with him. I think Workhouse is fine to start too, uh, but I, I will start with Justin Thomas. Um you know, the iron game is strong. He's won here in the past couple of top three finishes. Uh, his form has been great. Uh, another win is on the horizon. I got no problem. He actually had the week off last week, was at the Duke UNC game uh, instead of playing uh, at the at the uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational. Um, and so maybe he's a little bit more fresh. Uh, compared to some of these guys. Favorite GBP play is going to be more Kawa. Uh, I'm going to play Kawa. Iron game, extremely strong. Uh, it is extremely important 
on this course. And of course, we know that he has one of the best ones out there without a doubt. Actually, he's become he's actually moved to number two, uh, Okawa in my model and stroke skin approach in the last 50 rounds. Uh, number one is also a cash game cornerstone of mine, and we'll get to that here uh, in a few minutes. But everything else, uh, I, I you know, when he needs to make a putt, it looks like he has been starting to make putts. Um, he's got a new little grip. Uh, that he does. So uh, I like Kawa, favorite GPP play. I wouldn't even mind playing him in cash over Justin Thomas if you're worried about the previous winner narrative. Uh, so uh, that's how I'm going with in the uh, 10K range. Uh, in the 9K range, second cash game cornerstone. I'm going back to Scotty. I mean, why not? Uh, $9,200, way too cheap for the way he's playing right now. You're, you're, he should be five to $800 more probably you're saving money uh you know he's uh he has i think uh, he has iron game has been pretty good lots of drafting points Keita green one of the best uh out there there's nothing in my mind that says he can't come back and do something special again because the way he's playing how hot he is with ted scott on the bag i don't see it letting loose here anytime soon uh, and he's become a weekend warrior uh, you know, uh, he only shot four under uh, on the weekend this past week, but that was 10 strokes better than the field average. Uh, prior to that, he, the, the last four weekend rounds when it comes to TPC, and I think uh, Genesis was after that, uh, 21 under par uh, in the four rounds on, on Saturday and Sunday. He's become a weekend warrior. You get him to the weekend, you have a chance for him to do something special like we saw last week. So I like Scotty as my second cash game cornerstone. I like Cameron Smith. Uh, if the wind gets bad, if the conditions get, get sort of frosty uh, out there, uh, his short game should be able to help him. The guys have just been playing really, really good golf. Lots of birdies. First and birdies are better game in the last 50 rounds uh, in this field. Really good from 150 to 175. Top 10 in the field in the last 50 rounds. I'm also going back to Hideki for GPPs. Uh, really like a backdoor top 25. You thought he was out of it. A pretty good Sunday round uh, last week. Uh, you know, just a couple years ago, he was in the lead at, after the first round. Uh, this is close to his home. Uh, you know, not much travel. He's now a Florida kid. He knows how to how to play these courses. I'm going back to Hideki. I like those two guys a lot for GBPs, along with Scheffler as my cash game cornerstone. Tambo. Yeah, I like a lot of guys in this range, actually. So uh, we'll see how I do it. I know some of the lineups will have a guy from above and then drop down to here. Other lineups, I'll mix and match guys within. But Cantlay, uh, we'll have to see what happens. He rates out really well for me over the last 50 rounds. He's number one, actually, in my model when it comes to that, just looking at some of the stats that line up here. And you could even start some balance builds with him at 9,900. Like, if you, especially if you're not playing John Rom, you're just saying, okay, I'm playing the guy that beat John Rom all last year. And yes, one of them I know was at the time of the setup at the Memorial with the after third round withdrawal because of COVID positive test, but I'm still going to go there at 9,900. I like your call on Scotty. Uh, we'll see what happens. I don't care about ownership so much because it's going to be so spread out, but just in this range I'm saying, but I'm saying to your point of he won last week, do people go back to him this week? But it's two wins in the last three and a seventh. I got to think people still go there, but he rates out the best for me over the last six months which is the most recent rounds and for obvious reasons, because he has the two wins. So I like that. And the two in the middle, uh, you mentioned Hideki that round on Sunday. I like that. And then Xander Xander's one that I don't know if he's going to go overlooked for the first time ever in a large field, strong tournament, but at 9,700, he's basically very similar to Cantlay for me. He can just, he can find his way there. He has the upside to get to the top. He could backdoor it. He's he plays tough events. Well, and that's what we want here. So I like all of those guys. Your Cam Smith take is good too. I think I just, 
I never know with him. The thing about him, though, Kenny, I will say this. When Webb won this and just went on and blitzed the field, he was doing everything, right? He was chipping, putting. He was putting off the green and up runoffs. Like, he was doing all of that. That reminds me of Cam Smith. So we'll see how things shake out, like I mentioned at the top. Not that I don't care about ownership in this range, just in general. I was saying I hate playing all the high-owned guys this week. So if Cam Smith ends up being lower owned based on Scotty winning last week and Hideki above him, I think he could be a really good squeeze play here at 9,400. So that's where I'm at with this range. More than, than likely, I'll have four or five guys from in here. All right, 8K range, second, third cash game cornerstone, Daniel Berger. He's the one I was talking about earlier. First in strokes and approach in the last 50 rounds in this field. A couple of top tens here uh, in the past, coming off a disappointing finish in his last event where he should have won, but he didn't finish in fourth. Uh, I think he can just blow that by. He'll be fine. Uh, again, iron game, strong, tee to green, good. Uh, par four scoring is going to be important. Top 10 in that. A really good in par threes. Um, you know, 125 to 150, 150 to 175, he's great. Uh, I just think he makes a lot of sense uh, for cash. I also have a bet on him at 35 to 1. I think that's a pretty good number, really, for Daniel Berger. Uh, I have no problem betting him at 35 to 1. Uh, also, Morikawa, 16 to 1. I have no problem betting him as well. I like those two bets a lot this week. Um, uh, other guys I do like, I, I, I think I'm going to give Tony a, another shot. Uh, the reason I say this, he gained, I think, six over six strokes with his approaches the last time out. I finished in 30-30, didn't finish. But, it, it, you know, he'd been playing, he'd been on a downward trajectory. And that's, you know, gaining six strokes on his approaches, you know, that's pretty solid stuff. Maybe he found something. And maybe we get him at reduced ownership because I think his price is a little bit high compared to where his form is comparatively to everyone else around him. Um, I think you could see 12 to 10% or less Tony Finau. Uh, and and you know, again, he doesn't have to win. He's, he's at 8,500. He doesn't have to win. And, and you want to catch these guys, uh, you know, before they break out, before everyone knows that they're going to do well. And his last performance with his iron game, Really, really solid. Uh, and, you know, Iron Game, most important part of this course. So I'm going to give Tony a little try uh, in GVPs as possibly a low-owned play. Um, other guys, I like I like all the guys in the bottom. Uh, uh, Scott Horschel-Lowry. Uh, I like all those guys. They all make sense. Lowry, especially. I know we had trouble in that one hole in a deluge. But, I mean, if he knows it's consistently going to be raining, and he's done it before, he won the Open Championship uh, in the rain, in the wind. He's used to that. I like Shane. The issue is how popular he's going to be. I know um, you said you fade the chalk, and Lowry could be chalk this week. So that's why you can move up to maybe an Adam Scott, who has really good performances here. Horser, who rarely misses a cut here. I think you can go to both of them if you're worried about Lowry's ownership. Tambo. Yeah, that's one. That's what I'm trying to say. It may come off the wrong way, but like it's just it, it's. I'm not going to do the ten versus fifteen joke I gave you earlier, but I'm saying there's going to be ownership somewhere, and yet in every range, I can tell you two or three guys I have no problem going to instead. So it's not going to be a big deal for me just to move off it. And this range, you'll be surprised to hear this probably, but like Brooks is getting all the betting love. I bet him. I'm not sure if you did, but I think everybody did. So. I think that will transfer over when Mayo, myself and Raza did the players preview show on Saturday. We recorded it. It looked like Brooks could be lower owned in this range, but then the books go out and throw out a 40 and 50 
in some places, which makes everyone go and bet it, which makes them become the talk, which makes them talk themselves into it. And then you go see his price is 8,600. So I'm already thinking that's where people are going to go. Burger at 8,800 feels like just a wrong price. I think he's perfect in your cash game cornerstones. The price makes no sense. Now, hear me out. Just like last week, we had Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick with Hatton. And I forget who the other guy was that was right there, but ended up having an all right week. This week, it's your boy, Willie Z. I made fun of him last week. I still think his number betting this week is ridiculous, but you posted a tweet over the weekend that you were so happy to do all the research and show me that he's basically been just as good as Morikawa, Hovland, and even Scotty, who ended up going getting the job done, added another win there. Uh, you did give Willie Zalatoris a win for his Corn Ferry Tour win, so thank you. you know, I was going to put the asterisks, but that basically sold me that he's still not a good bet, but he's a great DraftKings play. He puts up the same numbers as these dudes that are 9,200 or 99 or way m- much higher than him. Like uh, Morikawa and Hovland are in the 10K. And yes, that win equity matters. Don't get me wrong. But at 8,900, I think it's definitely priced in when you can't get to Hovland for less than 10-1. So I like that play there. I thought that was a good way of showing it. Everyone could go back and see your tweet. It just showed that. It I'll, was go ahead. I'll, go ahead. I'll go ahead and say the tweets. Will, yeah, Will yeah. Zalatoris, uh, in his last 50 pro events, these are – was Altoris, Hovland, Kawa, and Scheffler in their last 50 pro events. So for Willie, the Corn Ferry Tour counts, okay? And so in that time, Willie has 32 top 25s, Hovland has 30 top 25s, Kawa 30 top 25s, Scheffler 30 top 25s. Uh, In that same time, Willie, 20 top 10s, Hovland 16 top 10s, Kawa 21 top 10s, Scheffler 15 top 10s. Uh, top fives, Willie, 10 top fives, Hovland, 15 top fives, Kawa, 13 top fives, Scheffler, 10 top fives. Now, the wins, of course, Willie only has a one on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, Hovland has five, Kawa has five, and Scheffler has two. That's the big difference uh, between them. So I like the way you're thinking. I mean, it doesn't make sense uh, when you look at those numbers. DraftKings-wise, he's very viable, I think. And at 8,900, and also yeah. everyone like me watched the weekend, so you'd think, why would I go back to him? I didn't even have a problem with his DraftKings price tag last week. I got why people were going there. I just saw pivots around it that you could go to. Here, I think he is one of the pivots, and I got to ask you this too, because the next guy that's squeezed in between Berger and Kepka is Louie. We have been playing Louie forever, myself especially at these majors, dating a year and a half, two years ago. You can listen to this pod. And I was saying no one wants to play him at 8K. And he, then he started crushing. And eventually everybody got there, recognizing that in these tough events, Louie shows up. You know, now, now the difference is he's priced up to 8700 It's I still think a fair price. We know he's still good. He can get that putter going, all of that. But with Berger and Kepka right there, and then I'm with you. Everyone wants to go down low. Lowry, Horschel, Scott, even Sungjae will get a little bit of love based on the models. I think Louis might come in a little lower owned than we think. Now thinking back to how Brooks is taking and stealing some of that thunder. So Willie Z, Louis, I definitely like. And then dropping down, I'm on all four of those guys. We'll see how ownership shakes out. But Sungjae, Scott, Horschel, Lowry, Horschel and Scott to stay hot. M has been fine besides that one missed cut. Kind of last week was a little bit up and down, but again, it's priced in at 8,300. And then last thing on Willie Z, I forgot to bring up just a point to be made. Uh, they did play the 2020 Corn Ferry Tour Challenge at this event, and he came sixth. Sorry, at, not at this event, at this course, TPC Sawgrass. He came sixth place, which isn't bad. I'm sure the conditions were slightly different and all those, those other factors. But do you remember who won that event? Because we're going to talk about him soon, too. You I have know? no idea. Who was it? Luke List. Uh, 
So Luke List has won at TPC Sawgrass. He won at Corn Ferry Tour event, the Corn Ferry Tour Challenge in 2020. Willie Z came sixth. Bramlett, I think, was up there too. But yeah, just a little note for going down the board. But I think from a, a roster construction perspective, Kenny, most will prefer either one of Berger or Brooks or both in a balanced lineup or just dropping down. So I think Willie Z and Louie will be interesting to see how their ownership shakes out. Willie Z for sure should be lower owned based on how he ended the week. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that. Uh, that can make a lot of sense as a pivot uh, compared to that chalk. And the, like like you said, uh, you know. Still one of the best ball strikers in the world. Look, I, I give the guy shit. He has the yips inside five feet. Something just doesn't work for him. We've seen Spieth do it. Uh, you and I used to talk about the other Canadian, Graham Dillette, who we would always talk about. But versus like someone brought this up to me, like Morikawa, uh, Luke List, Corey Connors. Those guys are just bad putters. They don't get inside five feet and have the yip. They're just horrible putters. Willie Z has trouble, like Spieth went through that period, and he can get out of it. He can definitely get out of it, and we can see him win some of these tournaments. I just that's why I don't like betting him at thirty to one and forty-five to one. This the books really respect the guy, though. That you got to give something there, right? Yeah. He, he still battled his way back on Saturday to T twelve or whatever, and then ended poorly. But but still, so yeah. Let's move on to the seven K range. So go ahead, you can start it off. Okay, I like the two. I like the Europeans up top. I like Hatton Fitz. Um, you know, Fitz just somehow just goes out there and plugs away and gets his top 10, top 15 every time he goes out nowadays, uh, no matter how he does it. The course plays really tough. Uh, if you're looking at 20, 25 mile prior winds on the weekend, cold conditions, um, I love him. Uh, I love him in the GBB play uh, this week. And Hatton, after what he did last week, he really impressed me on Sunday. Uh, he could have just folded. Um, you know, if it came down, he could just fold it after 78 on Saturday after being that close to the lead. But he came back and he almost took the thing down um, real close to taking the thing down, playing exceptional golf on Sunday in extremely difficult conditions. I like both those guys. Mark Leishman, another guy who I like uh, in this on this, I think his price, he's been playing really well here lately. He had that down little turn last year, but now he's looking a lot better. If you look at him, looking really trim, looking really fit. Uh, I saw a picture of him at the uh, president's, uh, the uh, international team's president's cup dinner, and they did prior um, to the Arnold Palmer last week. Looked real good. I don't know if that's the reason why he is playing the way he is, but it could be. Uh, he looks in really good shape, uh, and so I like Leishman a lot uh, this week, and I like Henley too. Uh, I guess we're going down a little bit before. Why don't you go up top? I mean, top the, I was going to say the funny thing is this is like the smallest. 7,900 yeah. to 7,500 range of the entire season. There is eight guys from 7,500 to 7,900. So go ahead. I, I was going to, I want to hear your yeah. Henley take. And then well, a lot, I mean, an iron game, once again, has to be really, really strong. You got to be really good from 150 to 175. He's one of the best out there. He is the best in the last 50 rounds uh, out there. Um, so I, I like Henley a lot. If you go down farther, Sergio's made 19 or 21 cuts here. Could be good for cash. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to play him in GBP. I mean, I will. If I use him in cash, I'll play him uh, in GBPs, which is not that much. But looks like he could be good for cash. 19 to 21 on this course, that's pretty fucking solid. Uh, you know, Woodland playing really good golf, coming back to a less to driver course, which is normally where we think Gary excels at. He's been playing really too well to be this price. Now, will that bring inflated ownership? If it does, then I worry a little bit just because. Last week hurt. Um, you know, he was in the lead 
uh, going into the 17th hole, finishing double and bogey. That's got to put a little bit of strain, especially since you haven't won in 70 starts since his U.S. Open win. It had to hurt, had to be painful. We'll see how he gets through that mentally. Uh, but if he's chalk, could be worth avoiding, even with all of his uh, success the last couple of weeks. Uh, Connors. Uh, it sort of looks like his game is coming back to form. Again, iron play, really, really strong. Once again, these are what I'm looking for uh, in golfers this week. Extremely strong iron play. He's played well here in the past. Uh, I like Corey. Um, and then going down even more into the 7K range, um, you know, I like Goot. How popular do you think Goot is going to be? Uh, seventh year last year, he's going to be super popular. He could be someone to avoid as well. When it comes to chalk, personally, what I think it comes down to is elite golf chalk. I'm okay with eating that mid-tier golf chop. That could be something to avoid just in a game theory perspective, uh, because these guys are not at the level of the top guys yet. Make it just, they can, they can flame out a lot easier. Uh, and just, just based on that, you know, uh, game theory wise, it could be wise to avoid people like Gooch to avoid guys like uh, uh, who did I just talk about um, uh, that I thought was going to be chalk Woodland. In this seven low seven K range, that's something that I like to do when it comes to chalk. Unless, unless I'm really in love with a guy. Yeah, what do you think uh, people do with Casey? Because at the start of the week, that was looking like for sure heavy. Like he's seventy four hundred. What do you do? And people always seem to still play him. He couldn't have had a worse weekend to end out the API though. So, any thoughts there to that 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 could make it fade a little bit, or do you think people just still click him because it's so cheap for Paul Casey? I don't know because he has a pretty good history here and his iron game is really good. He's actually the best in the field uh, from 125 to 150 and 150 to 175 combined. He's in the top five in both in the yeah. last 50 rounds. So numbers wise, he makes a lot of sense. Um, if you can get him at a low, because you would expect before last week when the price came out, what is it like Thursday or Friday, you look at a Casey and say, you're like, Oh shit, he's going to be 35% owned. Right. After his debacle on the weekend, could you get him a lower ownership? If that happens, it could be worth it. Uh, you're going to take a risk because you really don't know how focused he is. Uh, but I, you know, I think you know one week, one round aberration, you know, it could be worth going back to him once again. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning the other way on that one. I just think like you mentioned, too many guys there I already like, and I think like Connors. Uh, Siwoo Kim is there, just as much boom bust, not as much safety, but uh, sorry, just as much uh, boom, not as much safety. It could bust easier, but Siwoo at 7,300, I like. Uh, Taylor Gooch, you mentioned, is going to be popular. So I'm, you know, look to lean off him. I got a couple guys at the bottom, but let me start up top. There's a couple guys I like there that you mentioned, a couple that I'm on as well. I like Sam Burns. Uh, ended up getting ninth last week. He can definitely, if he can just putt well enough here and the price is right, 7,900, I think he can make his way up the board. Fitzpatrick will probably be popular. But again, if the conditions set up well for him, that'd be one that I'm not going to avoid. I think he's better than this price tag suggests. So he's the one I would take a shot on. Abe Answer is a guy that I like. He's only played here twice, but got 22nd and 12th. Uh, Won a WGC last year, don't forget. So I think people will maybe not think of that as much. There's just other guys that you can go to down below. So I think he gets avoided some. Uh, Sergio, you mentioned his history, former winner here. It's way back in the day, 2008. But be, since then, he's had plenty of good finishes. Seconds, thirds, lost in the playoff to Ricky. There's a lot of events and times that he's came here at this event and done well. So I think Sergio is still interesting. Uh, Henley, who you brought up, you can't play everyone at 7,400. So if everyone's playing Casey, you got Sergio and Henley 
right around him, a GPP guy in Siwoo Kim, and then just dropping down. I, lo- I love Corey Connors. I'll go back to Seamus Power. I was talking to uh, Mayo about this on the weekend. He actually spoke to a guy who used to caddy for Seamus Power and basically just looking at an all-around game. He hasn't done as well in these tougher field events or, or tougher courses, I guess. He's done better at the birdie fest, but at 7,200, again, that's priced in, and there's going to be guys on Gooch and others down here. So should note that Kevin Na withdrew. Obviously, you guys probably know by now Bryson withdrew up above. They are in the prize or in the price pool, but uh, other guys, Luke List, I brought up. One here, the Cornbury Tour event I just talked about, the Cornbury Tour Challenge, and has a win this year and pops in the stats, and people are likely to play Gooch. Russell Knox, uh, ball striking has been incredible. I don't like him at 250 to one, like some were suggesting today, but I definitely think at 7,100, you can play him in this tournament. And I'm not going below to the 6Ks too much. We'll go down there. I have some guys, but I want to talk about a couple more. Uh, Kevin Kisner, also on the Mayo Show, Raza brought up a couple things, and I love them, about this guy. Uh, decent history. Not as many people probably going to Kisner at 7,100 here. And then the one thing we didn't even talk about with Kisner that I just thought about today, don't forget about this ain't no hobby. This guy's here to get money. He doesn't care if he only comes top 10. At this tournament, a top 10 is uh, pretty substantial. I don't have it up in front of me, but it's it's a pretty big number uh, for a top 10 at this tournament. I think it's uh, 540. So basically the top 11, get 500,000 or more. The top three spots are 3.6, 2.1, 1.3, and 980,000, even for fourth. So Kisner can find his way up this board at 7,100 to get some of that cash that he loves so much. So I like him, Tom Hoagie. People have caught on to him, but for some reason, he still doesn't get much of the ownership. And you got to think Chris Kirk gets the ownership after last week and how well he's done, his history, everything he's got going for him. So uh, he is playing some great golf, but that's sort of where I rounded out. Last guy, Kenny, Alex Noren. At the bottom, I know you may have other guys at the bottom of the 7K range. It was much wider than the top range, but Alex Noren uh, fits my mold all around those all-around golfers that I talk about every week. The stats are there, and I actually added a bet to him tonight, 125 to 1 with eight places for the each way. So what are your thoughts on the lower 7K range at the very bottom there? I mean, I went through most of them, but I do like Noren as a pivot from Kirk Okay, uh, a lot this week. Uh, I like Kirk. I bet Kirk at 100 to 1. Um but you know, I want to. But you got to expect him to be insanely popular uh, at that at that price. And again, I try to avoid that seven K chalk, uh, especially in an event like this. And I think he'll be super chalky. Uh, but I, I had to put the bet on him, so sort of a hedge when it comes down to that. But I think Norris a perfect pivot for that. Never really too popular. Um, you know, puts his ass off. Really good on par threes. Par three scoring has been very important uh, at this course uh, for the winners and the top players. Uh, par three and par four scoring more than par five scoring. Uh, at this event through the years, if you look at how the winners have done. Um, so so I, I do like the, the Noren call. He's also pretty good at three-putt avoidance. I think he's like top 20 uh, in the field in three-putt avoidance. So, yeah, I like that call. I like him. One, one of the better putters for sure all around. And then if you look at the Honda fifth, we like Lowry, we like Berger, we like those guys that sort of suit that mold from what we just saw. And then even going back to the Phoenix Open, he got sixth. And there's some talk about the difference in the greens and stuff like that there. So uh, similar. So I, I just think little things like that, that you can look for along the way and TPC, et cetera. So, uh, you know, I, I'm in on Norin this week at 7,000. And I think even going into the 6K range, I'll, I'll start it for once, but like Harmon is right there at 6,900. So you got Kirk and Harmon who people are going to love. Like Harmon, what's his course history is incredible. Had a great result here last year. He can do his thing and people will like to back to back top tens here. Yeah. So does it make sense? Sure, I get it. I'm just saying when, the, you know, is Norin probably just as good of a play? Yes, in my opinion. Uh, even Mackenzie Hughes right there at 6,900. Pat tried to talk me into him, and I 
you know, not that he was heavy on him. We like a different Canadian down low, but I said, Hey, I'll, I'll try him out now that I think about it more. So I like him and Mackenzie Hughes. I like the guys like 6,800 and up here, like Keegan Bradley. He's got the great course history. He's a cut maker. Most people don't like to go to him, but he can get you more than just the top 40. He can get you top 20, top 25 upside there. I like that about him. I like Johnny Vegas. I think he's pretty good here. Decent history. And then Martin Laird fell off at the end of the weekend last weekend, but he's been playing some very good golf and it could definitely set up well here. Yeah, I like I like, I, I like I like all those plays that you just listed. Uh, but Vegas is my final cash game cornerstone. I was having trouble with going between Vegas and Harmon, uh, and I decided to go with the stats uh, for that one because Vegas is a better iron player than, than Harmon is. And he, you know, I think he's made four cuts in a row. He's made four cuts in a row here at the Players. So I will go with a Johnny Vegas as my final cash game cornerstone. So my cash game cornerstones for this week they're going to be Justin Thomas at ten thousand four hundred. Scotty Scheffler at 9,200, uh, Daniel Berger at 8,800, Jonathan Vegas at 6,800. That leaves you $14,800 left to, to fill out the rest of your lineup. And I'll just go ahead and look. If you look at my cash lineup, you, you see a theme uh, this week. Berger, Connors, Sergio, Scheffler, Justin Thomas, Vegas, elite ball striking, iron play, top notch. That is what I'm going with. That is what I'm going with for cash. That is what I like this week. Uh, that's the main reason I went. And it could change. I'm not allowed to say. Uh, I, I'll, I'll give preface. It could change. I can, I can move out Connors. I can move out Sergio. But that is where I'm going. Elite iron play this week is where I'm going. And that's what I like, in, especially in cash. Uh, other guys, all the guys you talked about, I do like up top. I think Nito uh, could be someone to look at this week. I think his ownership will be down. Really good par four uh, score. Iron play again. Once again, very, very strong. Um, now, if you're going down a little bit more, one thing I will say, Lucas Glover has said in the past that this is his least favorite course. He literally hates this course. So I'm going to take that for what you will. Uh, uh, so what, whatever that means that you can think about, if you go even lower here a little bit, guys that uh, I'm looking at, um, Thomas Peters seems like he's too too low price for a guy who could be good. Uh, I like that price, 6,300. Again, his iron game, normally his ball striking, normally his, his best thing. He didn't do horribly uh, last week uh, at Bay Hill. KH Lee. You know, again, another TPC course. Do you play him? I don't know how popular it gets. Last time he played at a TPC course, everyone thought he was popular. He was like 4% off. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 you know, I think you go back to TPC Lee. I don't have no problem with that. Anybody else down here? Yeah, I like the uh, Mito call. We're playing him at, you know, what were we playing him at? 9K almost <laughs> before. Yeah. The, the yeah. stats definitely bear out quite nice. But thing is, this range has never got much ownership lately. Like last year, the year before, it used to be the 6K range whoever the chalk is just fade anyway, because it's always, there's a million guys here that could beat them. And like you talked about earlier, the studs versus the scrubs when it comes to that, but uh, you know, they're not going to get any ownership down here. So you can just pick and choose what you like. The the other guys I thought of Kenny, just, you know, you can cancel them, but like uh, Brendan Steele, you know, decent. Uh, you could make a top 30 here. I think Adam Hadwin was the guy we got onto four to five made cuts here. Uh, including 29th last year. It wasn't the greatest, but if he, he can actually find a hot putter. That's what I like about Hadwin. You could find him. Denny McCarthy is another guy that could actually find a hot putter rates out pretty well for the stats. And then I like your Peters call because again, we were playing him at seven eighty four hundred, and then 7,100. Like he can find it. And his ball striking numbers before Sunday weren't that bad last weekend. So could go back to him. 
KH Lee, who you mentioned, I'll do it for sure. Uh, you know, TPC core 6,300, not going to get enough ownership to care. Taylor Pendrith, decent scoring last weekend, which is what we want. Even if, the, you know, we need him to make the cut, but your lineups are in trouble if he doesn't anyway. But if he does, you can get the scoring upside out of him. So I like that. And then JT Poston, back-to-back 22nd place finishes here. Hasn't really been that bad as of late, 6,100. I think he's, like, it's not, to me, there's not that much of a difference between him and Harmon. Because you, you talked about Harmon got two top 10s the last two years. JT Poston got two top 22s the last two years. If that's really what you're going off of, it's not like Harmon's been lighting things up lately. He has a couple better finishes as of late, but it's the same thing. Even in his third and sixth and 21st, it's like JT Poston is 42nd, 23rd, and 25th at the same courses. So again, he's right behind him, but he's 800 bucks cheaper. So it's really not that much of a difference for me in a situation like that. Nobody else from you really at the bottom. Maybe uh, any any love for Hayden Buckley. The guy was in, then he was out because Ryan Brem got the W, which is a crazy story in itself over at the Puerto Rico Open. And then, uh, you know, he's back in because Bryson withdraws. So uh, any love for Buckley or anybody else at the bottom 6K range that you like that I mentioned? I mean, I'm sure I'll find someone down there for, for later on. But for now, I'm going with what I have. We'll see as the week goes on if I decide to add some more people. All right, so let's go to bets for this week. I only have four so far. I think I'm going to save a lot, maybe like I would say 30 to 40% of my betting bankroll for live betting once again uh, this week. It's just helped me a lot. Uh, I've hit two of the last four or five, uh, you know, with List and Scheffler. I think with tougher conditions in the weekend, you can see flip leaderboards, especially if the wind goes up. I like live betting on Fridays. Uh, Fridays when the leader is already finished in the morning. Okay. And then you have guys that are going into like the back nine on the afternoon who are, let's say, uh, you know, eight, eight, eight strokes back going into the back nine or something like that. You'll probably get great value. And then they still have time to catch up on Friday and still do their thing on the weekend. So I really like finding those bets, those live bets late Friday afternoon, uh, when when a lot of the golfers are heading into the back nine from the PM group, uh, and there's always uh, there's already an established leader in the morning, so that's that's sort of my plan when it comes to live betting, and I'll probably post that on my Twitter account. Uh, you know, when it comes to it on Friday, because I think I have Friday off this week, which would be nice because we had to get all the crazy every shot type deal for the players. We didn't even talk about that. That's going to be a great thing for the players this week where you can see every shot by every player uh, on every hole. But my, my betting card right now, so far, it's going to be Colin Morikawa, 16 to 1. Uh, Daniel Berger, 35 to 1. I didn't get Kepka at 50, so, and he dropped all the way to 35. So I went DJ, 40 to 1. I uh, didn't really talk about him, but 40 to 1 for Dustin Johnson. Fuck it. I'm throwing that number out there. And then my bomb is going to be Chris Kirk at 100 to 1. I'll probably, I might add one more before on my final betting card on Gup's Corner, uh, but I'm going to, I'm probably going to save the majority of the rest of the bankroll that I'm doing for um, the, the Friday afternoon live bets. Yeah, that's what I did as well. I tweeted out this morning. I just thought that's just such a better play. We saw some of these huge numbers. You took advantage. And also, I just know from some of the guys in the Run Pure Sports Discord, they had Saturday tickets on Woodland for like 150 to one that they yeah. picked up. The guy almost won. Like he, he was to the best number. He was to the six under number on the best number late Sunday anyway, and then gave it back on the last two holes. But he could have went 
par par and won it. And those guys would have had some huge tickets there. So I like that call. I got Brooks, even when he was 50, I took him at 40 because my book would give a, a eight places, top, top eight each way. So I wanted that with Brooks. I got it with all these guys, but Connors 66 has dropped now to 60. I got Sergio at 90. That history, the past winner, it's a long time ago, but hey, he makes the cut and at least gives you some hope here. And then Norin at 125. I also chucked like 30 bucks on this, 20 on Morikawa, 10 on uh, John Rom. but my book has some boosted like prop bets. And I chucked 20 bucks on the Morikawa. It's 125 to one. What's Lead the after the first round. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> and win. Ah, but you got to okay. like if you bet on them at sixteen to one, a bunch of money, like a hundred bucks for sixteen hundred, then took that sixteen hundred on whatever his number is after the first round. Last week with Rory, it was way less than if you just bet it at this. So my goal and intention here is I don't like betting the sixteen to one number. I want this to be live for me, or I want to hit whatever the twenty four or twenty eight or whatever maybe we can get on them live, which is why I saved some money there. And then the other one I chucked ten bucks on, so both these are just to pay twenty five hundred. Is the John Rom wire to wire two hundred and fifty to one? Wow, I like but it. I like if, it. If anybody like could it. do it, I mean, if he bounces back, finds the putter, and it's on Friday, there's definitely a chance Rom could just go the whole way and and shut everybody down. So I kind of like that one just as a fun bet, but I'm definitely saving it for in round and stuff in in play throughout the weekend. Yeah, I think this might be the first time I bet somebody under twenty to one uh, in an event pre pre tourney. I just think Kawa's going to win, so Kawa is going to be my one and done. Kawa and Berger, uh, probably in the two, the Carbon Cup and the and the Fantasy Golf Championship. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably I'm, I'm going to play Berger and Kawa uh, in w- one of each. I'm trying to decide because last week was okay. I used Sungjae when he was only like 57 percent, better than what people got the week before at the Honda when he missed the cut. But I, I my plan was to use more Kawa. I said the other day on the Mayo Show that I was using him, and then I went to plug him in today, and I forgot that I used him as a hedge at Genesis where he came second. So it was a win-lose. I don't get to use him here for the 3.6 milli. So uh, I think I have to use Rom, or I can use Hideki. But I think I'm just going to use Rom because big game hunter, the spot that he's in, if he does bounce back and win it, it's a lot of money, man. This will make or break a, a one and done with 3.6 up top. It'll be a definite good way to get after it. And Rom is a little bit less owned. The challenge is you could always save him for down the road. It's Rom, but what are you saving him for? Like, Yeah, this, this is the one to play your stud. Yeah, He'll show up when he shows up, and if it's here uh, and I miss the, it, so the I'll, guy I'll you think is way. winning, you play. I think Kyle or Berger is winning, plain and simple. That's who I think is going to win this event. Yeah. Uh, and okay. so I'm going to go ahead and and go with uh, those two guys for one and done. Okay. All right. I like it. All right. So you can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article already up on GupsCorner.com. Use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 20% on a membership there. It includes a seven-day risk-free trial. Uh, I'll have my, my course preview, uh, trends, stats to look for already up, final betting card, any adjustments to the cash game cornerstones, and my single favorite GDP play in each price range. Also, I'll be on the Emergency 9 podcast with Gup on Wednesday uh, to go over ownership, uh, final thoughts like that. It's part of uh, the membership there. I'll also be on BetQL app on Wednesday with Joe Ostrowski talking about the players. Also a little early look at the Masters Wednesday morning. So check it out. Yeah, we got lots of stuff going on. That's a good thing, Kenny. Love where we're at right now. I'm over on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. You guys can check me out there. Definitely set it up because now I'm doing this new thing every week. It's going to be Tambo's tidbits. I got the thread out. I'm bringing all the best stuff that I round up throughout the week 
across the industry, free content stuff that I find that I use as nuggets and stuff into my research to be able to make some of these lineups and have some of the success that I have. So definitely follow me there at Toe Tag and Tambo. Over at Run Pure Sports, we got a ton going on. Promo code DGEN50, D-E-G-E-N-5-0. We'll get access to my Wednesday premium show. But for free stuff, I also have a lot going on too. Mayo Show every Wednesday now for the live show chat. You can check that out on Mayo Media Network as well. We'll have the questions. You can ask them all. Final ownerships, the play the best plays lineup, what it looks like now, all of those things. And then Thursday nights, I'm doing the same uh, Thursday night showdown show on the Mayo Media Network as well. So a lot of content going on. And this week, our boy Sundog Monkey, you were on the podcast before. I retweeted it from the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Twitter. We just hopped on right before this, about an hour and a half before this, Kenny, and we did this week's podcast going through some more betting stuff. And damn it, it was hard to pick those songs. I had to pick some weird shit just to get on there. But, uh, you know, he was making fun of me a little bit, but it's a fun pod. It's a different one. It's good to listen to. All right. So big money this week. I'm not going to say it because fuck the fifth major. I think I guess I said, but should be a fun week. Lots of money on the line. We're going to be able to see every fucking shot by every fucking player on every fucking hole. I can't wait. All hail Albino Wino. Let's win some motherfucking money. D-Gen Nation. <laughs> I've been getting dirty money, Jordan Bell Stacking penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Sipping on Ciroc, trip them up with the words. I done popped the molly and I think it's be my third. Jordan Bell Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.